Hello and welcome back to Colton TV. This is episode four. Today we are going to be reviewing the season one episode four Simpsons episode, There's No Disgrace Like Home. Personally, I remember this episode fondly. I remember it being really good. I hope it still is. I have not watched it in a while, but I'm going to go over this episode with you guys and let's see what I think of it years later. We begin this episode with Lisa and Bart arguing about who loves Homer more. Yeah, right. And then Homer breaks up the argument and they get ready to go to Homer's company picnic for his work. And we go to this picnic where Homer greets Mr. Burns, and Mr. Burns does not even uh, recognize Homer. He just never does. <laughs> so we learned that in this episode. In fact, he has a little cheat sheet to remember things about Homer. When he meets his kids at the picnic, he has a little cheat sheet to remember the names of Homer's kids and his wife. And, well, he's disappointed because... Marge brought the same dessert that everyone else did just because Mr. Burns said he liked it one day. <laughs> oh, man. Homer even mentioned it earlier in the episode where he asked Marge to make sure that she made enough just for him to not even like it. Well, I feel bad for Homer. He tries so hard to impress his boss, and his boss is just a cold, distant man. I kind of feel bad for Homer in some instances here. We learn a few things at this company picnic, like that Marge is not that much of a drinker when she is offered punch, but decides to go for it anyway due to the stress of Bart, which was pretty funny. Uh, and that Mr. Burns has these little this little race every year, the father-son sack race, and we get this funny gag from Homer where he says, remember the rules for last year? And Bart's like, yeah, yeah, let your boss win, which was pretty funny. It really shows how egotistical Mr. Burns is, even in these early episodes. You know, Mr. Burns has always been egotistical, but I thought it happened much more later on, but it's here really early on, I guess. And Bart just doesn't care, though, so he just drags Homer with him. And Homer's just like, Bart, no, no, no. But Bart is just determined to win the race and just outshine Mr. Burns. It is just hilarious to me. And, well, they win, of course. And then Mr. Burns does a toast where he just tells everyone to get off his property until next year. and he, Or else he will release the hounds in ten minutes. Man, damn, Mr. Burns, I didn't realize you hate people that much that you have hounds to chase people off your property. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it was pretty funny nonetheless. Mr. Burns is definitely one of my favorite characters because of his ego. Like, I usually don't like egotistical characters in shows, but there's a way of the writing that just makes Mr. Burns work. I think that there's a way to write an egotistical character and make it funny. And I think Mr. Burns, at least the early seasons of with Mr. Burns in them, are a perfect example of how you can write an egotistical character 
and it be funny because they make Mr. Burns just off the wall bizarre, right? Like, he's not just egotistical to be egotistical. He's egotistical because he has a lot of power. And they really play off of that well because they've done episodes where he gets punished or reprimanded for being an egotistical jerk who only cares about money. Like in the last episode we reviewed, right? He almost lost his power plant because of safety concerns. So Mr. Burns doesn't just get away with everything. And that's what makes his character work because he doesn't just get away with everything like some characters in some shows do. And also Mr. Burns is just like, it's cartoony. It's really cartoony egotistic ego, egoism, right? It doesn't feel too realistic. You know, The Simpsons has this good balance of feeling like a parallel to the real world while still feeling cartoony. And I think that's great. Like, like having guard dogs at your power plant. That's just so bizarre. I wouldn't be... Some might, because I know some buildings and so, do have guard dogs. But just the fact that you would release hounds... During your company picnic day, it's just so, so, just so bizarre for someone to do. I hope what I'm saying makes sense. I just love Mr. Burns, right? While leaving the company picnic, Homer observes families being very nice to each other, like a wife volunteering to drive home because her husband's tired, a son telling his dad, a dad telling his son he loves him and showing affection and whatnot and just affection between families. And it's a big eye-opener for Homer, and he gets driven crazy because the kids are just goopy as hell, right? So he, another day, I'd say, they don't say when, but I'd say like the next night, right, he goes up to Marge and the kids and he says, we're going to eat dinner at the dining room table like a normal family. So he turns off the TV and tells them they're not going to shuffle foods in their mouths either. We're going to eat like a normal family. We're going to say grace, all this stuff, right? So he says grace and is just constantly losing his patience because the kids keep on interrupting him and just eating like pigs. Honestly, it really does look like they're eating like pigs, honestly. They'll eat like havens. Um, and Homer gets annoyed by this, rightfully so, right? Like, I feel like if my kids were just shoveling food into their mouths and just not appreciating food, I kind of would feel like Homer in this situation. Maybe I wouldn't badmouth my children to God like Homer does. I actually like Marge's comment. She's like, are we supposed to sit here while you badmouth us to the man upstairs is actually a pretty funny comment. Uh, but um, he finally finishes saying grace. And what was I saying? Oh, right. I was saying that um, I probably would not badmouth my children to God, but I definitely could feel for Homer in the situation. But I don't think I would handle it the way that Homer does because I do feel like people have unique things about their families. Not every family is... Um, perfect. So I definitely think I would have handled this differently than losing my shit on my family. I probably would have talked it out more with them. But that's just me. But this so far, but this episode is a great example of how no family is perfect, but it's really hard to 
um, be patient with your family. I think that being patient with your family is definitely a difficult thing. I feel like everyone argues with their parents or argues with their siblings or argues with their wife. So this episode is so far doing a great job of showing an example of that. Lisa then comments that all families are crummy like them. So Homer decides to take her up on that and prove that she's wrong. (laughs) So he takes them around the neighborhood and shows them different families and how they act compared to them. We see one family eating dinner as a family. We see one family having a nice conversation. And I love this scene. One of the kids is like, Dad, I I hear people rustling in the bushes. And the dad's like, I hear it too. Time to get the gun. (laughs) That made me burst out laughing, especially the scene where he comes outside and attempts to shoot at them. (laughs) Just reminds me of a redneck family that shoots at anything that comes onto their property. I burst out laughing in this scene. It was hysterical. Um, They then go back home, and Homer says he wants to be alone with his thoughts, so he goes to the bar, where we see again my favorite character, Mo, my friends. Mo is my boy, right? So he sits there with Mo and Barney talking about how he... uh, isn't really pleased with things, and Barney's just like, well, you got two crummy kids that you can't control and just making a jab at Homer's family and he just punches Barney or beats him up or whatever. That's just great. One second he's defending his kids, the next he admits how crummy they are. Just great. What Talk about a mood swing, Homer. Anyway, he sees on TV a commercial for a therapist named Marvin Monroe who can fix your family problems and double your money back. So Homer gets really excited about this. And I love his comment. He's like, the answer to my problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. They're on television. That is so a 90s cartoon trope, too. But I love it. It's so funny. It's just, it's great. I love Homer because of just how off the wall random his comments and ideas can be. There's just something to love about Simpsons, right? So he decides to call the number and enroll the family in therapy. When the family finds out that they've been enrolled into therapy, they're not too excited about the idea. They don't really find it necessary, especially when Homer decides to sell the TV and the kids' college fund to afford the therapy. Okay, yeah, Homer, you're starting to go a little overboard here, but I can see you really care about your family, so I guess I'll talk about that at the end. Um, anyway, I don't really want to shit on Homer yet because it's not the end of the episode, and I want to see just how this plays out. Anyway, so they end up going to therapy, and... I love how this starts. They have them draw, the doctor has them draw their fears and anxieties, and they portray Homer as an ogre. A stern authority figure ogre. It's just great. I especially laughed at the ogre drawing. That I couldn't help but laugh at. And then he says that there's nothing wrong with wanting to take out your anger, and there's nothing wrong with being anger at your family. 
but not at the cost of violence. So he gives them these little rubber mallets, which is actually a good idea. You know, sometimes you families don't get along and sometimes they do take their anger out on each other. So it is good to do it in a harmless way. I kind of see what the therapist is going for here. Um, I per se, I actually want to be a therapist, but I would not per se encourage hitting your family with things. Even if it's a rubber mallet, I really wouldn't encourage any kind of violence in a household of any kind. But I guess if it's gonna, if you're gonna do it, I guess soft mallets, I suppose, would be the best way about it because it doesn't cause any harm. <laughs> okay. And Marge is just impatient. She's like, are we cured yet? And the doctor's like, no, this is only the first part of our treatment. Dr. Monroe then tries another method. And this is the greatest scene in the episode. The shock therapy method. <laughs> I remember watching this scene. Like, this is probably, out of them all, this is the one scene that I definitely remember from watching this episode. Because I remember laughing at it so much when I first saw it. So he wires the family together so they can shock each other when they get pissed at each other. And they get so into it and just so interested in it that they all just start shocking each other, just going fucking ham, just going ape shit on each other <laughs> to the point that literally the city can see the lights that are generated from this machine. We even cut to Mr. Burns and Smithers and Mr. Burns comments that someone must be using a lot of, like, of electricity. <laughs> it's just a great gag right there. And they override the system and just destroy the equipment altogether. They even use so much electricity that the patients flee the building. <laughs> oh, this was just a great scene. Everything, just everything works so well. The writing is just wonderful. Oh, man. <laughs> From the reaction of Mr. Burns to the reaction of the therapist, it's just hilarious. The secretary just coming in to tell him that they fleed the building, and that's just what breaks the camel's back for Dr. Monroe. He then tells them to leave, but Homer reminds him that if not family bliss, they are owed their money back, so he begrudgingly, begrudgingly, fuck, I cannot talk, can I? Regrudgingly, I guess we'll call it that. I guess that's the word now. Regrudgingly counts up $500 and gives it to Homer. And apparently this solves their family problems. The sight of money actually does solve their problem. And they tell Homer how much they love him and he offers to buy them. He feels bad for selling the TV, so he says he's going to buy them a new, better one. And even a cart to wheel it into the dining room on holidays. And that's the end of There's No Disgrace Like Home. This is a really, really good episode. This might be better than I remember it. This episode shows that you don't need to... The message, I think, is you don't need to be the perfect family. And that's this episode shows. It does a great job of expressing that your family might not be perfect... But it doesn't need to be because every family is unique. Every family has its problems. And though it's not great to have problems, but it's good to have them because if your family didn't have problems, you wouldn't learn to appreciate each other and love each other during the good times. 
You need to not like each other to love each other if you think about it. And that's a great message that this episode shows. And this message can go for any relationship, a family, husband and wife. If you don't argue, then you don't grow to appreciate each other. I feel like arguing with the ones you love makes you grow and respect them even more because it shows, it shows humanity, right? It shows character of a person. And because of that really great portrayal, this episode gets the very first 10. I'm giving this episode a 10. There's just so much I love about it. The Mr. Burns gag about the electricity, the shock therapy itself, the scene at the bar. Oh, there's just so much good stuff in this episode. I love this episode. There's nothing you could say to change my mind about this being a 10. Oh, man. I love this episode. Every scene's great. The scene at the company picnic as well is really, really funny. I love everything in this episode. (laughs) So, like I said, I give this episode a 10. And I will see you guys next week. I am Colton, uh, your host Colton, and this has been Colton TV.